The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. We have on the line Kelly McFarlane, a clinical psychologist, as we talk about mental health. As you know, yesterday was World Mental Health Day. And let me just give you a brief history brief bio on Ms. McFarlane. She is a British Psychological Society Chartered Clinical and Organizational Psychologist and Corporate Consultant with a focus on individual, couples and groups psychotherapy. Corporate Training, Organizational Consultancy, Psychological Assessments and Teaching. She is also a European Mentoring and Coach Council Certified Organizational Coach and a UK Licensed Occupational Test Administrator. Her vast experience range from behind prison walls to psychiatric hospitals, universities, children's homes, the corporate landscape and private practice. So I'd like to welcome Miss Kelly McFarlane to the show. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. And today we are, uh, well, a day, almost a day late. Well, yes, we are a day late. Uh, yesterday being World Mental Health Day. And in celebration or recognition of that, we are here to speak a little bit on mental health. So the first question is, what is mental health? Because we have so many different def- um, definitions of what yeah. mental health is. Can you give us a... A complete definition sure and i think this is an extremely important question because a lot of people when you talk say mental health they say oh that's people who are crazy or mental illness and we know that perception that people have of crazy is someone screaming in the street talking to themselves but mental health is a very dynamic and very real um experience that we all all human beings either share or don't share right Mm -hmm. now to have mental health or to be mentally healthy refers to being at very least resilient so your ability to sort of cope with stress and bounce back from adversities because like adversities will happen it but it also refers to your ability to be productive mm-hmm. right at school and work and people don't recognize this it also affects your ability to be emotionally regulated most of the time so so to balance between good moods and bad moods or good emotions and negative emotions to experience positive moods most of the time or a lot of the time and to experience positive thoughts these also are what we talk to talk about when we speak about mental health and of course to maintain healthy social connection because one of the quickest way we recognize that there's a problem with mental health is in the way that people interact in their social environment the ways that people develop and maintain healthy relationship whether it's romantic familial or platonic and of course it it also refers to your ability to function in such a way that you are thriving in most aspects of your life most of the time all right you brought up emotional regulation can you define that a little more um So, I mean, I, I almost made a joke about what you were saying earlier about, you know, the crazy people, because like you said, in Trinidad, we tend to say, OK, well, mad people is just be the ones who walking up and down, carrying on in the road. Um, mm-hmm. Emotional regulation plays a very big part determining mental, how 
mentally strong you are. Can you give us a, a idea of what emotional regulation is? Sure. So emotional regulation means that you can experience a range of emotions. We are all supposed to experience all of the emotions, anger and sadness included. However, to be able to regulate your emotions in a healthy manner means that you can move from, let's say someone gives you a bad drive, right? And you get very vexed and you went from zero to 10, mm -hmm. right? On a scale of zero to 10, you went from zero to 10, you're cool and you're going to 10. And for the next hour or more, you vex, you're snapping at everybody. Now, when you have healthy emotional regulation ability, you might find that eventually in a matter of minutes, you start to kind of calm down. Your thoughts help you with this. You start to have healthier, more balanced thoughts that help you to, to go back to the baseline of a happy or good emotion. Um, emotional state. Now, of course, in the case of somebody has just died or you've just gone through a trauma, it's normal for that emotion, negative emotion, to last a little longer, right? Mm -hmm. But on a day-to-day -day basis, to be able to move from happy to sad in a healthy, nice, kind of soothing way, that's what we mean when we talk about emotional uh, regulation. Could you say that, because uh, you're speaking about it, and I'm, I'm wondering if uh, parts of the Caribbean away, you know, when something happens to a child and the child is crying and you say, especially if they got, you know, disciplined and they say, well, you want me to give you something to cry for as the child is um, expressing that emotion. Could you say that that hampers emotional regulation or the development of that um, tool if you do something like that to a child? Yes, it could. And the reason is that what we do when we do that is we kind of invalidate the experience that the child is having. So the child is feeling sad, so they're emoting in a sad way. Mm -hmm. And then we use fear to tell them that they're not allowed to feel that feeling, as opposed to sort of saying, I understand that you feel very sad because of X, Y, Z, but X, Y, Z is the case, you know, so they now stop the crying and they force themselves probably to not at least not show you that they feel that way um but it doesn't mean that they don't feel or that the thing that happened to them wasn't very sad now this happening once or twice um is not going to change the course of an, a human being's entire life but if this is the sort of pattern of parenting whereby the parent often or always invalidates the child's feelings and not allow them to, to emote, then yes, it can. And we have to remember too that it's not what we focus on. We allow emotions, but that just because we allow an emotion doesn't mean we allow whatever behavior we want to come with it. So I vex, so I go and mash up things and scream. Mm -hmm. You could be vexed, but you cannot mash up things and scream, right? And so kind of give, making that the focus is what, you know, we, in terms of parenting is what we want to look at. All right. Another question I have for you. Um, why is mental health important? Well, me your mental health is linked to 
social and academic and career success, right? Because without your mental health, you're not able to thrive and function in most areas. Because we remember that mental health affects not, it's not only about emotions, it's also about the way that we think and that we can think um, in adaptive ways. But it also affects the way that you view and take care of yourself. So certain mental illnesses, um, if if we don't treat them and they get worse or, or we don't treat symptoms and they turn into to, to mental disorders, psychological disorders, it can severely affect the way that we view the world, the way that we view ourselves, the way that we care for ourselves and our loved ones. It affects the way that we behave and all of our behaviors have consequences, every one of them. It's linked to life satisfaction, you know, um, not poor mental health again will distort the way that we view our reality right and we might just think in extremes and not really have a balanced um, relationships or balanced life and and, and and lastly an important point is that mental health is linked to your physical health there's lots of research that shows the impact of ex um, anxiety and depression on diseases like diabetes and heart disease and high blood pressure, even psychosomatic illnesses like psoriasis and, and, and these types of illnesses, chronic illnesses are linked to poor mental health. And you could go into why a little bit if you want, but yes, all of those reasons are why it's important to look after your mental health. I think we should go into it a little bit, um, especially with the common uh, diseases like diabetes, uh, hypertension, um, uh, dementia. So those, mm. and also as it being Breast Cancer Awareness Month, cancer mm -hmm. as well, because I think it it plays a lot with your self-esteem. Can mm -hmm. you elaborate a little bit on that? Sure. So when we experience prolonged periods of challenge mental health in particular stress right we could we could start at the basic because we all experience stress from time to time mm -hmm. and we our bodies are hardwired so to speak to deal with stress in a way that spikes blood pressure spikes blood sugar spikes adrenaline spikes um the stress hormone right and so that's how it triggers our nervous system all of these things go into into action when our brain perceives a threat or when we are under stress or when we are very depressed or when we are very anxious now apart from the basic thing of you know things like diseases like depression affecting our ability to take care of ourselves and to to, to have resilience to really go through with our treatments stress and 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 all of the things that i just mentioned do deplete your immune system um, it affects your ability to cope. And of course, if if naturally we are supposed to have high, higher levels of blood pressure to deal with a stressor because, you know, you're anxious and you're keyed up and you're worked up and that's the natural way of the body working, chemicals in the body working, that's not supposed to last for days on end. Any time that lasts for days and weeks and months on end, it's going to cause problems. Hmm. So, so just kind of in a basic nutshell, that's what we look at when we say, oh, my goodness, m mental health affects your uh, your physical health. Mm -hmm. I, I also wanted to take it from the perspective of if you already have been diagnosed with, let's say, cancer, diabetes, 
etc the mm. thought of oh gosh uh, my body is not doing what it used to be not it's not what it used to be um their thoughts of where i may pass on this world and i haven't done anything as yet that sense of well-being how can mm. we um what can we do to improve it and to what are the signs that we can look out for to know that well once we're in this state we can move towards better well the first thing would be to really support and validate a person or your yourself when you are diagnosed with something serious mm. and you're having these thoughts um however you don't want this to go on for a very long time weeks and weeks on end if you recognize that after you've kind of over you pass the hump of the shock factor then you do need to seek help um and it affects what you what you can do is support the person that you know is having this issue by first saying yes sure i understand you know if, if, if being in your position i would feel that way as well mm -hmm. empathy goes a very long way i think the natural instinct for for a lot of people is to shut down the feeling mm -hmm. because it's, it's it's not a it's not a happy feeling it's a negative feeling. don't study that why study that? telling somebody not to feel or think what they think or feel is not going to stop them from thinking or feeling it unless yes, you have it's all evidence. in your head kind of that's yeah. right right unless you have hard evidence that this is not going to happen at all you can't stop that by just telling somebody not to. What ends up happening is they feel isolated. They feel like nobody understands them and it makes things worse. Mm -hmm. The fact of the matter is that it is difficult to receive a diagnosis of something that threatens your survival. And it is natural for us to react negatively to things that, that threaten our survival as we are evolved as survival um, seeking animals or beings right we all everything comes back to survival and so um offering empathy is number one offering support ask people what can i do what do you what do you need you know don't assume that you know everybody's different what do you need what can i do to help you right and these things will help to improve their coping and once a person is able to cope and feel more you know sort of emotionally regulated so to speak around their illness they are more likely to adhere to medic medication medic the doctor's um orders advice yeah right and they're more likely to recover because now they're giving their immune system a fighting chance just by improving their mental health it is amazing the body and the mind are connected once your mind recognizes there's a crisis whether that crisis is illness or pitbull in front of you mm -hmm. it is your body is going to um react and most of the time your body recognizes crisis through the thoughts that you have about something right okay let's take a short break and when we come back uh i want to discuss the difference between false positivity and good mental health and that's coming up right here on Freedom 106.5 FM. Stay tuned. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. Welcome back, Freedom 106.5 FM, 1128 in the nation's capital. This is Human Impact. On And on air with me is Miss Kelly McFarlane, who is a 
clinical psychologist and today we're talking about you know mental health in recognition of world mental health day so we're just talking about you know the differences between crazy people and mental health and and trying to understand it in such a way that we give it the just regard you know so that we can identify it in our loved ones and know what to do moving forward just before the break we talked well i wanted to talk to you about false positivity and what is the difference between false positivity and good mental health because you know on tiktok there are the mental health gurus and take it one day at a time etc live in the moment yolo you only live life once that kind of um talk uh, what is the difference between the two so it comes back to kind of what I was saying before in terms of, yes, you can use people, but you can easily toe the line of invalidating people's um, experiences. And the fact is that not everyone has the same level of resilience for many different reasons. And when you say things like that to the average person, that's one thing, but to a person who may be struggling with a mental illness, it is not that simple. Um, there are several dangers with what well, I think that's what they call toxic positivity in some instances, is mm -hmm. it? Yes. Now, yeah. yeah, I mean, these trends, you know, um, but it is, it is okay to not be okay sometimes. And you really have to give yourself that, um, that, that opportunity, that option to just listen, this is hard and I am struggling and I'm going to need a vacation or I'm going to need a night to rest or something, mm -hmm. but you have to be able to check in and not be so hard on yourself. Um, don't deny your experiences. It, it actually perpetuates stigma against around mental health because people may start to feel like but it's my fault i'm just not strong enough um mm -hmm. to be able to just feel better you know this is something that we fought very hard especially in the context of, of depression and these things to let people know that you people can't just snap out of it and, and a lot of times people get upset with people who feel it depressed especially with children who feel depressed um mm -hmm. and think they should just be able to do it so i can just give you a nice pretty line like yolo or, or life only happens once and just go ahead and, and enjoy get over it and, and yeah exactly and because mm -hmm. i'm seeing this on social media and i'm thinking oh this is how everybody else is what's wrong with me mm -hmm. there's no actual problem solving happening there's no actual processing happening and if i cannot just snap out of it for whatever reason because my situation may not be your situation mm -hmm. then i feel worse about myself and i don't realize that hey when things like this happen when people die when there's trauma when there's rape when there's pain when i get a bad grade i'm supposed to feel sad <laughs> like you know and it's okay to feel sad and then tell me what happens after i feel the sadness well what can i do to start feeling a little better what are the resources that i have that are uh, available to me uh mm -hmm. i wanted to also talk about the not so obvious uh, mental illnesses like you just brought up children mo young mothers and children there's postpartum mm -hmm. depression there's anxiety um adhd how do we i don't want to say like be able to differentiate between the two but how do we um provide that support that emotional support all across the board what are some of the things that we can do uh, to support those who are suffering from those illnesses. 
Sure. So you mentioned you you know we don't we may not know if it's a serious illness or just a spell, mm -hmm. a moment, right? So see if it if it is a, a, an illness or to, or becoming an illness, you would notice that it, it lasts probably for at least two weeks at least, and they are it, it's very difficult for them to think differently or to think more balanced or, or more positively this is notwithstanding death death is different right mm -hmm. but um or you might find that their behaviors are very odd for a, an extended period of time and what the first thing we do in helping people is listen ask questions don't you, you might tell hey i notice right so my mm -hmm. the, the thing i tell you is that i notice xyz about you about you has changed and then you start asking questions is everything okay is there any way that i can help you is there any way that somebody else can help you that you prefer to help you um what's happened how is school how is work how is the family right so you ask questions and then you provide resources if you notice that resources is what they may need let's say they're not answering you or they're not telling you exactly what's going on but you know what's going on you might just provide them with the resources of somebody they can talk to they don't have to tell you that they've seen the person or talk to the person you just say well here take this if you need it you use it mm -hmm. right until they are ready to talk to you so at least they have that um someone to go to right um and so social support is the one of the, is the number one factor actually for helping people overcome or or go into remission from mental health challenges but empathetic non-judgmental caring social support all right and if it is that you find yourself on that road what are some of the methods for improving one's mental health you mean your own mental health? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like to, to at very um, foundation focus on your relationship with your body, your relationship with other people, and your relationship with yourself. And here's how that goes, right? So your relationship with your body has to do with your rest, your nutrition, and your physical activity. Activities. This sets the foundation for resilience. This sets the foundation for managing the stresses that are going to come, right? So we're supposed to get at least seven to eight hours sleep a night. We're supposed to have a nice balanced nutrition with not um, diet with not too much sugar or, or caffeine and and different substances that we're not supposed to be having too much of and we are supposed to have at least 20 minutes of cardiovascular activity more, most days of the week three to five days a week right if you people when they start having a routine that involves those things start feeling a lot better about themselves right and start feeling a lot better generally again i can't stress enough how the mind and the body are so connected you cannot separate them mm. Um, the next thing is building a, a social support network, even if it's one person, but somebody that you could talk things through. There's the a part of the brain called the amygdala that detects threat, right? Mm -hmm. And um, when it, what happens is sometimes talking helps to soothe the amygdala. And once the amygdala is soothed, it sends signal to the rest of the body that it's okay, we can relax. Send the cortisol back, mm -hmm. send the mm -hmm. adrenaline back, send the, the, the high blood pressure back down, right? And of course, 
you know, just managing your expectations. A lot of us live with a lot of shoulds. It should be this way, and I should have this, and should, 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 should. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned social media, and that's a big, um, big, big, big. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. But we want to place more attention on the things that are within our control when there's not much that you can do in a negative situation, um, and take time to really just take care of yourself. You know. Uh, well, you just touched on how to create healthy habits. I guess it will go back to. Um, understanding the type of person that you are, what you like, what you dislike, um, get into, you know, more of the habits that bring a calming feeling to you. Like if you like planting flowers, then you plant flowers. If you like taking hikes, then you go on a hike, that sort of thing. Yes, absolutely. For sure. And to go to the beach and, you know, well, that way you develop your um, relationships as well. You said to build that network of people around you. So doing those things would help, yeah? Yes, absolutely. And not, it, it would help not only in the short term, mm -hmm. but definitely so in the long term. So don't wait till... The, the, I think I should say, don't wait until you are having a mental health crisis to do these things. These are things that help you avoid having mental health crises. But if one, but if one does come, because you already have these things going on, it will help to mitigate the, the impact. And of course, if you have the social support network, and even let's say for some reason, you don't have people that you can talk to or someone that you can talk to, at least journaling, mm -hmm. right, which is a private thing, helps to soothe the amygdala as well, because you're getting the thoughts out and you're exploring what's happening in your inner world, as opposed to just repressing and suppressing all the things that go on, go on in your daily life and then having an implosion or an explosion, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, you know, in other words, don't ignore your well-being and then expect when a crisis hits, you're just suddenly going to be able to function, you know? For anyone who's listening right now on Freedom 106.5 FM, are there any resources that you can tell us about that they can reach out to to uh, at least assess if they do have an issue that needs attending to? Yeah, well, well, on the Trinidad and Tobago <clears throat> Association of Psychologists, there is a directory of registered psychologists that um, people can just go to, that's psychologytt.org. Mm -hmm. You can go to that directory and you can find a professional in your district in your area who deals with the things that you want to deal with and you can start your journey there and remember that people don't just go to, to, to therapy because they have a, an illness most people don't even know if they have an illness but people go to a lot of people go to therapy just to do some self-exploration just to change some habits some behaviors just to ha have more have better sort of life satisfaction um Apart from that, there, there are hotlines, you know, if, if you're in the throes of, let's say, a suicidal thought or, or, or attempt, or, you know, you're thinking along those lines, there's a lifeline. If you know of a child who's in danger, there's Childline or Children's Authority. So there are several um, hotlines in Trinidad and Tobago that are meant to help us find resources for the things that we're experiencing. All right. Are there any last comments you would like to share with us on mental health uh, so that 
you know, we could be a little more um, empathetic towards yeah. our our citizens, our fellow neighbors and uh, loved ones? We all deserve to experience good mental health and we all deserve to have moments that we feel and recognize the challenges that life throws at us. And we have, to, oh, children included, because yes, children do have depression and anxiety. It's not just adults are allowed to have depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so we, we, we need to just as a, as a, as a group, as a, you know, just generally really change our perspectives on um or, or make sure that our perspectives on mental health are positive because you could be deterring somebody from doing something that they need you may not feel like you need it but don't deter somebody who may need it um that might actually save their life or improve the quality of their life we all deserve to have good mental health thank you so much miss mcfarlane no for joining us here at freedom 106.5 fm and you know giving us tips that make question you know make us question our positions and um, you know give us a, a a good feeling that there is help out there you're you're welcome thanks for having me bye bye-bye the best insight instant feedback accountability the all-new talk radio freedom 106.5